vote and harder to cheat. And so do the voters. Big majorities of Americans support early voting and big majorities support voter ID, including African-Americans and Hispanics. Common sense makes common ground. But today, this conversation has collapsed. The state of Georgia passed a law that expands early voting, preserves no-excuse mail-in voting, and despite what the president claimed, did not reduce election day hours. If you actually read this law, it's mainstream. It will be easier to vote early in Georgia than in Democrat-run New York. But the left doesn't want you to know that. They want people virtue signaling by yelling about a law they haven't even read. Fact checkers have called out the White House for misstatements. The president absurdly claims that this is worse than Jim Crow. What is going on here? I'll tell you. A Washington power grab. This misplaced outrage is supposed to justify Democrats' new sweeping bill that would take over elections for all 50 states. It would send public funds to political campaigns you disagree with and make the bipartisan Federal Elections Commission partisan. This is not about civil rights or our racial past. It's about rigging elections in the future. And no, the same filibuster that President Obama and President Biden praised when they were senators, the same filibuster that the Democrats used to kill my police reform bill last year has not suddenly become a racist relic just because the shoe is now on the other foot. Race is not a political weapon to settle every issue the way one side wants. It's far too important. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. That was Senator Tim Scott, uh, more or less his rebuttal for Biden's State of the Union address last night, which I got to say not too many people actually saw. Uh, his, his attendance was pretty low for the supposedly most popular president of all time. I mean, he got more votes than anybody, right? Well, in 2017, Trump's State of the Union address had 48 million viewers. 2018, he had 46 million viewers. 2019, 46.8 million viewers. 2020, during the pandemic, he had 37.2 million viewers. And Biden, for his first State of the Union, at his 100-day mark, wait for it, 11.6 million viewers. (laughs) Wow. One-fourth of what Trump usually pulls. That's great. So he gets a quarter of the viewership but yet he supposedly got more votes than any president in U.S. history. Eh, that seems a little suspect to me. But that's not my topic for today. So we'll get into it. During Biden's State of the Union, he had a lot of plans. I think that was the theme of the night. The American Family Plan, the Jobs Plan, 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 a lot of plans. Well, in his plans, he uh, is proposing to spend quite a bit of money. Altogether, I think all of his plans added up to, from what he was talking about over the course of, say, 10 years, around $6 trillion. Considering we're a little over $28 trillion in debt, uh, and America on average spends around $6 trillion a year, and we only collect in taxes just slightly either under or above $4 trillion, we're always at a negative. Uh, I don't see how that's going to work. But 
in his ridiculous plan, he is proposing that he's going to invest $200 billion into universal pre-kindergarten and more than $100 billion into free community college for the first two years. Okay, they're already indoctrinating our children as is. Now they want to get them even younger because I guess they feel that it's not working as well with the you know, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to teenagers. Uh, so they're trying to get them in there even earlier. So they want you, instead of having to pay a school to go to preschool or pay a daycare, they want to give you the option of sending your child there for free uh, to have somebody more or less babysit your child. He's acting as if moms and dads can't make it, uh, so they need the additional help to watch the kids. When in actuality, the way I view it is, it's not that mom and dad can't make it. It's that they think mom and dad are irresponsible with what you're teaching your children. So they need to get a hold of them as young as they can so they can indoctrinate them better to make sure this next generation coming up is completely brainwashed and they are all for the progressive socialist cause. So that's where I'm at with the pre-K. With the two years of free community college... I mean, universities are very expensive. You have your local state colleges, which generally most states have some type of fund you can set up ahead of time for the kids that help offset the costs of it, or you can get grants, you can get scholarships. There are things you can get on a local level that will definitely help you finance college. Uh, Also, like most people, you could work for it. You know, college is not a given. You could work a job and pay for your classes slowly, especially state colleges, which aren't real expensive. You save up a little bit, or maybe you do one or two classes at a time, but you work your way through college. College is not supposed to be a given. I'd just like to point out that once everybody has a college degree, a degree ain't so special no more. You're just like everybody else. So it's not a piece of paper that you hold that holds some weight and says, you're different in this particular way. I have a uh, master's in business or I've got a master's in sociology or I've got whatever, which makes you stand out from the crowd that you took your time to educate yourself on a particular subject, which becomes valuable to either starting your own business or whatever company you work for or whatnot. So I don't understand why we're dumping so much taxpayer money into giving people free colleges. I don't know about many of you, but I have kids. I have Florida prepay because that's my state. I've paid for my children's college education ahead of time and am still currently paying for their education. But I set myself up in a way where as they all hit the right age and get ready to go to school, it should all be ready at about that time. And I don't need Uncle Sammy's help to put my kids through college And I'm also not really happy that you're using my taxes and I'm paying for everybody else's college as well because I've already paid my dues for my kids. I've taken care of mine. I don't need Uncle Sam digging in my pocket to take care of uh, little Timmy and Janie and Johnny all over the friggin' United States and now I'm paying for their college too. So I, I disagree with that completely. So that was part of his American family plan. Last night, one of his big proposals is how he's going to pay for this. He says he's going to pay for it by raising taxes for the wealthiest Americans. They always talk about on the news, if you listen, it's always the one percentile, the one percentile. Well, the the one percentile, they don't pay their fair share of taxes. So certainly they need to pay more. You got to just beat them over the head and take all their money from them. 
Look, I'm not rich. I don't envy rich people. If I make it one day, great. If not, you know, I'm blessed in other ways. But I got to tell you, I don't think that people that have made it in this world, you should be bashing them over the head. Also, the one percentile is not what you think it is. If you've never looked it up to see where the one percentile begins, it's if you make half a million dollars or more, you're part of the one percentile. So I know most people are thinking, you know, Bill Gates, uh, Jeff Bezos, all these people that are worth multi, multi billions of dollars, that's the one percentile. No, actually it starts at 500 grand. So if you really start thinking about it, look around, you probably know quite a few people that could potentially be making that or you know for a fact that they're making that kind of money. And those are the people that pay the majority of taxes. Last year, income taxes collected were $1.72 trillion. Out of that, the one percentile paid 40%. Okay, one percentile, 40%. Anybody who makes 500000 or above, which came out to be $688 billion that they had to pay out. <laughs> That's quite a bit of money. Now, if you were to break it down evenly, and I'm sure it's not even, I'm sure across the board, obviously, the number would fluctuate person to person. But of your top earners, on average, each person would have to pay $653,000 in taxes. <laughs> if, if you don't think that them paying almost $700,000 in taxes, they're not paying their fair share when the majority of Americans get a refund, they don't pay a dime, something's wrong with you. Now, going back to what I said, if you only make $500,000, you're not going to pay $650,000. But if they only make $500,000, I am sure they're probably paying ten, twenty, thirty thousand, forty, dollars maybe even $50,000 worth of taxes in a year. That, that's probably double what some people make. It depends where you live. Everything's different depending on where you live, what part of the state you live in, what part of the country you live in. You live in New York, $50,000 a year. Oh, good luck. Well, but if you live in, say, Alabama, and you're making $50,000 a year, you're doing okay. You're middle class. If you live out in Idaho, maybe $50,000 a year is a pretty decent salary. It just depends on where you live. Now, to put it even further into perspective, generally the top 25% of earners pay 87% of income taxes. Okay. That's a lot. 87% is almost the whole pie. So if you are incorporated in those percentages, if you are in the top 5%, you make just about $160,000 or more. If you're in the top 10%, uh, it's $115,000 or more. And if you're in the top 25%, it's around $70,000 or more. Now I would venture to say there are quite a few people, even listening to this podcast, that are probably right in the 25% range. Now, obviously, if you're making 70, chances are if you're a single adult, no kids, you don't have anything to really claim, and you're making $70,000 a year, maybe you pay a little bit of taxes. Maybe you get a tiny refund, or you just about break even, one or the other. Anything above that, the 10%, the 5%, the 1%, you know you're paying. Uh, you may not be paying a whole lot. It's progressive as it gets up to the one percentile. And naturally, of the figures that I gave you, when you get up to people like your Bill Gates and your Jeff Bezos, they're not paying the $650,000. They're probably paying you know, $20, $30 million. 
I just don't see how people think that these top earners are not paying enough. And another thing I'd like to point out, Joe Biden, since the beginning, he keeps walking that number backwards. Okay, first it was anybody that made a million, then it was anybody that made uh, five hundred thousand, and now we're down to four hundred thousand. So you see, he's slowly creeping into the middle class. Believe me, they're not going to stop there because the numbers that I just gave you, knowing that we can't even keep up on a normal year with all of this spending, they're going to need more. That number, that $400,000 number that he's got your mindset on is going to continue to drop. It's four hundred. dollars then he's going to say, well, you know, to make these programs work, we got to raise the taxes, and it's going to go down to two fifty. dollars And then from two fifty, dollars it'll go down to $100 and a quarter. And then from $100 and a quarter, you're going to get all the way down until you hit the bottom 50%, which these people are used to getting money back, who would now be paying money out to the government, and they ain't going to be too happy. But that's the direction we're going because that's what progressives do. That's what socialism is. You're not going to get away from that part of it. Also part of the speech, he brought up race. Tim Scott more or less addressed that. There's not a racist problem in this country. There are people as individuals that can be racist, and that goes all across the board. There are racists of every color. Black people can be racist. White people, Spanish people, Asian people, Arab people. Every, all of them can be racist. So it's not just one or the other. We don't have a systemic racism problem in this country. I personally do not see it. You have people of color from the top to the bottom in every aspect of America. Corporations, judges, police officers, governors, House seats, Senate seats, uh, President of the United States. The list goes on and on. I mean, we are the melting pot of the world. There's a little bit of everything everywhere. The fact that you would basically call us a racist country is disgraceful. I mean, if you really think about Joe Biden, you know I can't call him by his title. That's just not going to happen here. I, I think it's illegitimate, so it's not happening. So uh, I will call him uh, LDJ, Little Dementia Joe. But uh, LDJ, in his title, the fact that he's on national television doing a joint address to everybody for the nation to see and for other people to see and he is calling us out as a racist nation is disgusting that's something you would expect from say putin or china or some other country from around the world but certainly not from the commander-in-chief of the united states he is not supposed to sit there and beat us up and call us a racist country man that joint address too good lord I mean, boring. I was struggling. I was, uh, there was a few times it was going so slow and Joe's monotone voice or when he tries to put on the Batman voice and, uh, you know, try to really, I don't know, poke at your emotions or whatever he's doing there. I mean, I did contemplate getting a ladder, going outside, getting on my rooftop and doing a head dive because I was just going insane watching it. If you didn't watch it, believe me, you're better off. If you did watch it, man, I feel you. I'm right there with you. Um, but in the speech as well, you know, he said in the next 30 days, he wants to see something happen with police reform. And I, I don't know what you want to do to these officers. I don't know how much more these guys and gals can take. You're not going to have any police officers soon, which would probably better suit them. I'm sure they want like a federalized police department, because if you're socialist, that's what you're going to need to, um, you know, bend everybody to your will. But these guys and gals, man, they're getting beat up so bad. It's a shame. 
You know, they're being demonized around every corner. They can't do nothing right as far as these people are concerned. And they act as if one or two bad police officers out of the bunch, the rest of them are all the same. And that is so far from the truth. Think about it. If you know any police officers, you've ever run into one. If you've ever been pulled over, and I'm not saying some of them are having a bad day and maybe they're being a little grumpy when they pull you over. I'm talking about the way they make it look. Is like, you got to be in fear getting pulled over. Like you're going to get shot for no reason. Yeah. That's what they want you to believe when that is again, so far from the truth. It, that That's a fairy tale. Another fun part in his speech that I thought was extremely stupid was Biden talking about lowering drug costs for the average American. Trump already did that. He's the stupid one that, that reversed Trump's executive order. Trump made a deal and he reversed it just like peace in the Middle East. My God, peace in the Middle East. We've been looking for that for an eternity. Trump gets it done. And then now Joe and John Kerry's over there. And I told you in a, a podcast prior to this, John Kerry's a creep. He's a freak. He's a weirdo. But he's overseas stirring the pot. He's trying to get everybody rowdied back up. He's over there getting caught and he's diamond out Israel. Well, I mean, what's that all about? He shouldn't even be in Congress acting like that, behaving like that. But yet, you know, when it comes to Democrats, they can get away with it. We certainly cannot. That is not going to happen. Not today, not tomorrow, or for the foreseeable future. All in all, I felt like the speech last night was weak. It hit on all the typical stuff. It was all about their progressive agenda. That is the direction that they want the country to go in. That is what they foresee the country being in the future. It was boring. It was definitely not uplifting. You know, Joe Biden supposedly being the unifier. He's going to unify the country because he's a peacemaker. He's not making no peace. You know, if he's president, he's president of the Democratic side only. He's not trying to be a bipartisan president. He's not the people's president. He's only president to the progressives and the extremists. He's not a president to your moderate Democrats. He's not a president to right-leaning conservative libertarians. He's not their president. He has no interest in even coming to the table and listening and trying to find some middle ground. Right now, Joe Biden, it was like a ventriloquist act last night. The extreme left has got their hand shoved up his keister and they're talking for him. He's just up there performing like a puppet. He doesn't know what's going on. I mean, let's be honest. He don't know what's going on. He don't know what day of the week it is. So they're having him be their front man. They're telling him what to say, what to do. I don't even think Joe even realizes that he's about to put the country into hyperinflation by putting together a package for another $6 trillion. It's ridiculous. By pushing all these socialist agendas across the United States. His new Green Deal is a joke. Uh, government creating jobs. Really? The government doesn't create jobs. The private sector creates jobs. Okay, so I don't know where he, he must have gotten confused in class. That's not the way government works. Government doesn't make jobs. Okay, private sector makes jobs. So Joe, Joe's either forgetting his schooling or he never knew it in the first place. And with as much as he's been caught lying and plagiarizing and everything else, he may not have known it in the first place. So, but overall, his state of the union was weak uh, and not very enjoyable. Tim Scott's. I think Tim Scott did a okay job 
it felt really scripted and rehearsed, you know, even when you hear him talk. I think he could have done a better job as well. I'm not going to just pat him on the back because he's a Republican. I feel like he could have drove those points home a little bit better. I think he was a little bit vague and generalized on certain things that he was uh, combating there. He could have done a better job, in my opinion. It was definitely better than Biden's one way or the other. But, again, he could have drove his points home a little better. He could have done a little better on that one as well. That'll about do it today for me. I hope you're enjoying your Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to me, ljconsercrn at gmail.com. You can follow me on my preferred social media parlor, at Joe Little. You can also pick up my podcast on Twitter, at ljconsercrn, on CloudHub, at LittleJoeCC, and on Gab, at LittleJoe's Corner. God bless. See you on Tuesday.